Welcome to the Elevate Life Church podcast of the week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit elevatelife.com. You know what the good news is? God loves you. The good news is you're not in the hospital today. You're alive, you're well, you're healed. The good news, if you are watching in the hospital in Jesus' name, we speak healing over your body. Welcome McKinney. The good news is we love y'all. Y'all love us and we're taking over. Put your hand on your heart. So glad you're here. Say this with me. I am who God says I am, a child of God, the righteousness of God. I am the apple of God's eye. I am God's workmanship created for good works and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Today, I open up my mind to receive the word of God so I can think like God, be like God, and do life the way God intended for me to live. Let's lift up our hands, say this with me. Come Holy Spirit, say it again. Come Holy Spirit, say it again. Come Holy Spirit, just wait for a second now. (sighs) Holy Spirit, we invite your presence into this place today. Speak to us and help us to elevate our thinking so we can elevate our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. So glad you're here. Look at somebody and tell them something good. Say, so you're looking good? You're getting rich? As Josh mentioned, it's Forward the Dream Weekend. Thank you already in advance for giving over and above. Got some great news. Uh, Recently had a conversation with uh, Dave Meyer, Joyce Meyer's son, and um, so they know what we've been doing in the public schools with Strike Force for 31 years. And uh, it really is the number one assembly program in America for young people. And we go into the public schools of America and we talk about good things. And we, uh, we, we know that we bring the spirit of Christ, even though we can't preach Jesus, but that's the purpose for the night meetings. We preach Jesus Christ, him crucified and resurrected and that their sins can be forgiven. And we give them the good news. Been doing it for 31 years, just having a just conversation and, uh, our ministries, we pray for each other. And Joyce said, let's send them $10,000 for what they're doing in the public schools. And so I just want you to know you're partnering with us. Many people are partnering with us to get the good news out. And our ministry, Strike Force, that now travels out of this church, uh, that, that ministry is doing public school assembly programs in Kansas, did, did them this week. And uh, all I can tell you is this, it's a great, great privilege. And so thank you now for being a church that sends teams out, not just to help people who can't help themselves. Mark, you're gonna hear some of the stories, but Pastor Mark Dean, the couple that he even referred to, here they are sitting while our team is out working and cleaning up stuff that need to be cleaned up that they couldn't do for themselves. And there's a lot of devastation there. And in fact, the news isn't covering it as devastated as it is. There's major devastation. And, um, and so we're grateful that we have teams that are making a difference all across the world, feeding people, clothing people, helping people. That's what Forward the Dream is all about and forwarding God's dream in the earth. So thank you so much for, for being a part of that. And, uh, and today I wanna to talk about something that really I began as a prophetic word from God. And basically what, it, what as, as, as I speak to you, I'm a pastor, I'm the pastor of this church, I'm the founding pastor of this church, but I'm also a spiritual father, just like I'm a natural father, uh, is that God's given me the heart of a father to speak to the hearts of people 
uh, from God the Father. And so that's really all the prophetic is. It's, it's speaking out what you believe God is saying. And whether you believe that or not, you're right. So you might say, well, I don't believe it. Well, then you're right, because it won't work for you. But if you do believe it, you're right, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And the difference between believing and faith is it's different. You can say all day long, I believe something. But when you begin to take action based on what you believe, then God says, now I'm pleased because you're taking action. So, so again, uh, what God gave me as a word on September 30th for this church is where I want to start because I want to really give you some good news and remind you of what God is speaking to us. And it's out of Deuteronomy 28, 11. And what I said on September 30th on that Sunday was when the clock strikes 12 and it becomes October 1st, the Lord has shown me that he is opening his good treasure from heaven and he's pouring it out on us. And if that hadn't happened for you in October, welcome to November and December. And that these last three months, now the last two months are gonna be the greatest months of this year. Come on, somebody put an amen. So, so under this spirit of prophecy, I want to give it to you. Deuteronomy 28, verse 11, and the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. He's not just going to give you something good. He's going to grant you plenty of goods. Next week, I want you to begin to think about this, invite people to come because Pastor Sheila, we're going to have like, like a glass urn up here, maybe two of them that would be like on a so, so you, you get this image in your mind that would be on a wedding reception table that would normally have flowers in them. You know what I'm talking about? That kind of, that kind of urn up here and that vase, thank you. And, and then I want you to write down for next week what you're believing good that's going to happen by the end of the year. We're gonna put them in there, we're gonna pray over them, and I'm gonna tell you something good, God's gonna do it, so be it according to your faith. So think about it, pray about it. We're going to do it next week. So it's going to be awesome. And uh, so, so the Lord will grant you plenty of goods. Just go ahead and say thank you out loud. In the fruit of your body. Come on, some of y'all need God to do some stuff in your body. In your body. Woo. In your body. In the increase of your livestock. You say, well, I don't have no cows or chickens or stuff. Let me tell you what this means. The things that bring you provision, and that's what livestock did. It both fed them and also uh, empowered them, enabled them to do this next thing, and that is to produce of your ground. So whatever causes you to produce, God is gonna grant you plenty of goods. Deuteronomy 28, 11 in the ESV said, and the Lord will make you abound in prosperity. Look at somebody and say, you're about to abound in prosperity. Tell them that. This might be your first time here. That's okay. This is not your mama's church. Just play along. In the fruit of your womb, in the fruit of your livestock, in the fruit of your ground. Now listen, Deuteronomy 28, 12, this is the word. The Lord will open to you his good treasure. Good treasures coming your way. That's some good news. The heavens to give the rain to your land in its season. Watch this now. Everybody put your hands up in the air. Come on and bless all the work of your hands. 
Come on, Father, I just pray every hand that's raised. Lord, would you bless the work of their hands? Lord, would this be a season of harvest in the name of Jesus based on the seeds that they've sown, the labor that they've done? God, I thank you that you are not Jehovah Job, you're Jehovah Jireh. You are our provider. And God, I just speak over this crowd. I speak over the people, the thousands of people that are watching on Facebook and YouTube live and all the other uh, uh, social media, digital media outlets that they're watching right now. God, here's what I speak. Job and better jobs, raises and bonuses, benefits, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, checks in the mail. Some of y'all gonna get a check. Some of y'all are gonna get a check in November and December. Bills paid off, debts demolished, royalties received, the kingdom of God advanced in the name of Jesus. God's gonna bless the work of your hand. Have you ever felt like you've been working, 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 you're working hard for your money and it's just not producing? God's gonna bless the work of your hands. Right, you come to this church, we're gonna sing some old church hymns like that. <laughs> you shall lend to many nations that shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Here's your word, come on. And you shall only go up, not down. I'm going up. I'm going up, y'all. Stand up, Pastor Sheila. Turn around. Prophesy over him. Here's how you're gonna prophesy. Stand up. Turn around. That's my little cheerleader. That's who I saw when I was 15 on the sideline. <laughs> well, get her. She's gonna be cheerleading over me. Y'all just got her cheerleading anointing on you. I said, we're going to the top. We can't be stopped. Come on, you're not, you're not gonna go down. You're only gonna go up. Some of y'all been so down, you can't believe it. You think I'm a raving maniac? Yes. Because I believe this all the way. I believe it all the way. And for some of you that can't believe it, I'm believing it for you. In the name of Jesus. This is our word in this season. If, here's the big if, you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, and if you be careful or mindful or aware that you need to do them. This last week, I had the privilege of hosting one of my CEO small business masterminds in Alabama. And some of you know that I do this. So one of the things, one of the reasons that I believe God's put me on the earth is to help people reach their full God-given potential. My personal mission statement is to be a loving leader, mentor, and motivator of biblical excellence to help people reach their full God-given potential. So I've spent a lot of my adult life really from my 30s professionally, but even before that, all my life, helping people to think better. Not because I think better than people, but because God has helped me to, or has put me on the earth to help people understand how he thinks and hopefully inspire them to think. And let me just say something about your thinking. You cannot not think. And so you gotta get in rooms where you can think better. And so that's what I've tried to create. And so that's what's happened. So we were in Alabama. This woman that you're gonna meet, uh, I'm gonna let her tell you the story, but 
She, uh, in the, with the federal government, is what's called blacklisted. Now, here's what that means, in case you don't know. It's not a James Spader television series called Blacklist, but Blacklist is a real thing. In other words, if you talk to this lady, you would never know. She's so high level, she cannot even tell people what it is that she does. So people can know her, but they can't know what she does. Like, she's one of those people that says, I could answer your question, but if I did, I had to kill you. <laughs> For real, there's people like that, and she wouldn't have to kill you, but she's very high level, and, um, but she's also a business owner, both on the nonprofit side and the for-profit side. So part of her being a mastermind is just to help her think about that. One of her businesses is that she is, and I believe it's, it's, it's the future of agriculture in the United States of America beyond our normal traditional farming, is that she has developed a system of growing crops indoors and recreating sunlight on the inside without having to have the sun. So you know, she's brilliant, you're gonna see her and you're gonna meet her because here's what happened on September 30th and she's probably watching right now live. Here's what happened because her and her family are a part of our church in a little place called Huntsville, Alabama. Watch this. Okay, so this is my friend, Fran, from our Alabama Mastermind. And uh, not only is she a part of Mastermind, she's involved in multiple businesses, but she also follows us online. Yes. And on September 30th, I spoke a word. Tell them what the word was and then tell them what's happening in your life. And the word was that at midnight, on, well, basically at 12.01, October 1st, God was going to open the treasures of heaven and pour them out. Yeah. And that's exactly what began to happen. Mm. My daughter and I both stood in prayer and believed that that was what was going to happen. And God And y'all stayed up, up that <laughs> night until the clock struck 12. What happened the next day? Uh, so the next day, her dad contacted me and said, hey, I'd like to send Becca to fulfill her dream, which is to go to Paris. And so uh, we now are on her birthday. She'll be having dinner in the Eiffel Tower. And so God... The next to bless day. my baby. And he had, awesome. never, he had never done that before. Never. <laughs> That's amazing. So it's really sweet yeah. when you get to see yes. God's word fulfilled on your child. So yeah. thank you for the prophetic word. And then something else happened at her job. She also got Yes, it. she got, she'd already gotten a cost of living increase and yeah. she got a bonus increase of 3% just, on her job. It just happened. It's just all coincidence. All God. <laughs> totally God. So we well, thank you. That's amazing. Well, I love thank your you. heart. I love thank your story. You. I love your... You're a part of Mastermind, and so Thank anyway, you. I just wanted to I want people to hear that when we say stuff that it's not even just in our church, Elevate Life Church, but people who are a part of us from a distance that we say, "Here's what God's going to do." This is what God does. Amen. So, amen. Amen. We love you. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you and Pastor Sheila so Thank much. You. Thank you. Now I'm going to give you the rest of the story, and she won't mind me sharing it if she's watching live because she probably is. Why the tears? Oh, my daughter's going to get to go to Paris. No, 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 no. This is a woman who, her and her husband, had been divorced. Hadn't been in their life. And out of the blue, calls October 1st. I know their daughter's 33. I know she wants to go to Paris, and I want to do that. That's the, that's the reason for the tears. Not like, oh, she has her dream. No, it's not about the dream vacation. It's about a father who somehow, some way, on October 1st, 
God says, I've got some treasure from heaven with your name on it and your daughter's name on it. And I want you to open it. And her daddy did it. Is that powerful? I don't know what's going to happen for you, but I'm going to tell you something. Y'all look at me in my eyes. God's got some treasure with your name on it and it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. It's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Right now in Israel, for those of you who don't know, the shofars are blowing. You say, what does that mean? That means here's what they are saying. For the first time in 50 years, they believe that 2019, as they enter 2019, it's going to be their greatest year ever. And the word from Israel, and we are the big C, the capital church is, God is going to open the windows of heaven like he's never opened them before. And guess what? Out of one of those windows is a treasure box. You can say, oh, I don't believe all that. Well, don't believe it. I'm believing it all the way. I'm believing it all the way. So the title of my message is get your treasure. Josh goes, get it. I like it, son. Hey, you can yell up here anytime you want. Get your treasure. Josh goes, get it. Josh, so funny. If you go get your treasure, a couple of things. Number one, search for the greatness of God. I can't wait for this movie to come out. It's coming out. It's called In Search for Greatness. It's about just normal, average, ordinary people who have accomplished extraordinary things. And it's really gonna be a documentary, but it's gonna be a, a big movie. There's already a book, there's already articles. I've read it for years. I've read about it, studied it myself. But let me just tell you something. You've gotta search for the greatness of God. If you're gonna get your treasure, he says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open unto you. Yeah. Psalms 84 verse 10 through 12 says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I would rather stand as a doorkeeper at the threshold of the house of God than to live at ease in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord is a sun and a shield. And here's the good news. Here's some good news for y'all. The Lord bestows grace, favor, and honor. The Lord bestows grace, favor, and honor. Let me break that down for you. Grace, God bestows the power of God to do things his way. And I'm saying in this season, God has given you the power that he has to do your life, to do your marriage, to do your finances, to do your businesses. He's going to give you a grace that you've never had. There is a power that's coming that you've never had in the name of Jesus. But not just that, favor. He bestows favor. What is favor? A divine assigned advantage for success. I'm speaking favor over your life in this season. It's good news. Come on. God is bringing an advantage for you. There's a lot of negativity today about people that are live privileged. And some people are more privileged than other people. And I don't want to politicize this in one, one bit. Here's what I want to tell you. You are privileged if you are a son and a daughter of the Most High God and you know it. You have an advantage. And you know what the advantage is? It ain't the color of your skin. It's the integrity of your heart. It's a God who so loved you. You're his son and you're his daughter. And he meant for you to rule and reign on the earth. And there's no excuse not to. Because we are privileged. And we are advantaged. And it's not because of what my daddy did or didn't do or what my government does or doesn't do. 
It's because I'm a part of something much bigger than the United States of America. I'm a part of the kingdom of God and I'm a son of God in the kingdom of God. That's why I have an advantage and that's why you have an advantage. It doesn't make you better than somebody else. It makes you more responsible than somebody else. God says, I'm bestowing, I'm bestowing in this season, part of my good treasure over your life is grace, my power to do it my way, my favor and advantage for your success. And by the way, we're just gonna top it off and put an exclamation of honor on it. There's honor coming your way. A few weeks ago, my dear friend, Miles McPherson was here talking about his book, The Third Option. Not only do I think it's one of the greatest needs in the body of Christ in the world today for us to understand the diversity and, and for us not to size each other up like the world does and judge each other based on the color of our skin. And that's why I had Miles. And that's why Miles had me. And so I went to San Diego and preached in one of the greatest churches in America. They've got five different locations. I preached that weekend to about 15,000 people. And at the end of the service, this young lady came up to me and she said, I was here five years ago in 2013 when you came. And I want you to see what happened. Watch this. Who am I standing with? What's, the Vegeta Lawrence. And you, in 2013, 2013, you were here. March 17, 2013, St. Patrick's Day. This is the day when I got saved because of this guy. Here at the Rock. So. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? So we're here in San Diego, and all these years later, you're serving God and loving God. And has God changed your life? Yes, He brought my kids here. Mm. He was so faithful. And this morning, I was praying to Him, and I was like, I miss you, Lord. I don't know where you're leading me. I'm in the wilderness. Yes. And then this guy, guy Kim, comes over, and God is just blowing me away right now. It's like, I'm still here, like I was. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> and so, you know what? Sometimes he leads us even in the wilderness. Yeah. Not like during the wilderness, but in the wilderness. So, I'm proud of you. Thank you. I just wanted to share your story so our whole church will see this. Because you. you're going on for God, and I love that. And your children. Yeah. Okay, so Regina came back, and this is her family. Yeah. So, this guy actually brought her to church, yep. and then y'all had how many kids? These are, you... are my kids, so they're in the Philippines that time, wow. and God was faithful. He was Look able to bring them here. <laughs> and then we had Ezra. And this one's, uh, this one's ours. Oh, and she's looking her nose through the camera. You know what? Here you go, right there. <laughs> what a beautiful family. God's doing a new thing. So, so here's what happened. The guy that she was with was her boyfriend then. He brings her to church. She'd never been to church. She was separated from her kids. Her kids were in the Philippines. She gives her heart to Jesus five years ago. You couldn't see probably, or you maybe didn't notice, but she had a shirt on called Groups. Because just like our church, she's not only gotten plugged in her church, but she now leads a small group ministry in her church. Why do we do small groups here at Elevate Life Church? Because it's great to come on Sunday. It's great to receive. But man, we just don't need you to be birds sitting there saying, feed me, feed me, feed me. We need you to be a part of a small group ministry in our church. We need you to get to know people. There's people all around you that have needs and they need your greatness. So when we are in the search for the greatness of God, that's what happens. We get with the right people. Come on, y'all. In the right place at the 
the right time. And guess what? It ensures, it ensures, it ensures that the right things are going to happen. So it's so important, but I just find it so interesting that this is a woman five years ago and her world was dark. Five years ago, she was broken. Five years ago, she was dating a boy. And he goes, hey, come to go to church with me. And the rest of the story is this. I don't feel like going to church. I don't, why would I go to church? And she found the treasure, the greatest treasure, Jesus Christ, and gave her life to Jesus. Five years later, God restored her family from the Philippines. They're married, and they got a booger-picking little daughter. I love booger pickers. How many are booger pickers? Those of you that didn't raise your hand, you're a liar. You pull, you pull your boogers. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You're in search of something, digging for gold. <laughs> if you're going to get your treasure, say this with me. Say, I want to get my treasure. You've got to search for the greatness of God, and that starts in the house of God where he bestows his grace. Come on, his favor and his honor. The second thing in your notes is you've got to search for the greatness in you. Everybody look up here at me. There's greatness in you. But it doesn't just happen. You've got to search for the greatness in you. You've got to mine, M-I-N-E, your own soul. I wrote a leadershipology a few years ago that says this, because man has been created in the image of God, his significance or his importance can only be realized by his ability to grow and function in the nature of God's image. Do you know the Bible says that we've been given the nature of God? And if I've been given the nature of God, then I've got I've to mine my own soul for the greatness of God that's in me. I've got to see that God is great first, but then I've got to understand he's put greatness in me because I'm his son. We're the sons and daughters of the Most High God. We have a responsibility, listen, to discover, develop, and deploy our greatness. That's why I wrote the book, Your Divine Fingerprint. You've got to understand that you have an imprint that only you can leave. It's part of your greatness. And by the way, it's called the glory of God that's on the inside of you that the world desperately needs. How do you search for the greatness in you? You obey God. Obey. Well, then that sound easy. I wrote this out of a personal experience a few years ago. Your obedience to God enables him or empowers him to accomplish all he has ever had in his heart for your life and destiny. Trust and obey God today. You might say, yeah, man, I got that one down. You know, I'm in church, I'm obeying God. Well, I hadn't quite, I, like I've not mastered that. But, but hey, guys, I'm only 58. I'm only 58. Give me a break. You know, I'm wearing my fingerprint shirt today. But I should be wearing a shirt that says, hey, God's not through with me yet. I'm still under construction. So don't judge me too harshly. We'll see how you're doing when you're 58. But you know what the truth is, is that I still struggle with obey. I still struggle with that. I know some of y'all are very spiritual and you do not struggle with obedience. But there is something in our nature that we just want to do our own thing. Come on, y'all. We just want to do our own thing. And then, man, when you get God involved and, 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 and you know, you mix, oh, here's what I heard God tell me. And, and it's because you have an obedience problem with authority. It gets real weird. And by the way, you never fit anywhere because nowhere will be enough for you because you don't know how to obey. You know, isn't Pastor Josh sweet? 
He's sweet, man. It was so precious, Sheila, you up here with him. Oh, that big heart. You remember how hard he was to raise? You remember how hard he was to raise? Oh, oh, he was so sweet, but he was so hard. That boy's made us cry. He still makes us cry more than any of our other children. Uh huh. She said, because he's so sweet. She forgets. Listen, let me tell you something. That boy knew what he wanted to do, but more than knowing what he wanted to do, he knew what he didn't want to do. And he was very adept by the time he was two at telling us what he didn't want to do. You know what he wanted to do when he was two? Wear the same clothes every day. Now I know y'all see Josh up here and he's wearing black every time you see him. Why? It started way back, 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 Chris Berman, ESPN. Back, 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 back. That's Josh at two. She would say, go put your clothes on. He'd come with the same thing he had on the day before. It was dirty. She'd go, you need to wear something else. He'd go, no. I'm wearing this. Two, go change, am I, am I exaggerating? He would stand in the doorway of our room like this. She'd go, go change your clothes. He'd go, no. You're gonna wear something else, son. No, I'm not. I'm wearing this. And I'm telling you, it was a war every day. And, and the reason he couldn't wear the same thing is because it was dirty. It's like, okay, okay, you've got this eccentricity, you like black, it's okay, just make sure it's clean. But when he was little, it was dirty. Little Darlene, his aunt, went to youth camp with him one time, and he was there for about five days. Did he ever change his clothes? Never changed his clothes. <laughs> and the last day, Darlene came to him and said, Josh, you know what, like everybody's over there and you're over here, because you stink so bad, nobody can be around you. You gotta change your shirt. You remember the shirt he had on? Strikeforce shirt. Representing. You need to change your shirt. I like this shirt. You see, that may not seem like a big deal to you. That was our biggest stuff. Not about his clothes, but just about his wiring. Here's what I want you to do, Josh. I won't be doing that today. <laughs> really, really. Now, as sweet as he is, some of y'all aren't as sweet as him, and you were worse than that. <laughs> and some of us never learn, watch this, we never learn to search for our own greatness because we have never realized that we have an obedience issue. So it's time for me to be transparent. This is what I love in front of thousands of people. You don't get the privilege to stand up here and pretend everything's okay. So if you've ever thought that, you just hadn't been here long enough. Because here's the real, real. How many of y'all fly like I do a lot? Some of y'all fly. I fly a lot. I've got about 1.8 million miles. I never have to pay for a ticket. Anytime I don't want to pay for a flight, I just use my miles. I take my family on vacations with miles. And my miles at this point will never run out because I just keep stacking them. Well, now listen to this. 
By the way, you don't want to fly that much. But my obedience issue is revealed every time I fly. I believe I can fly. You can. But you're going to have to obey a bunch of people before you get on that plane. And then you're even going to have to obey people on the plane. So here's what happened yesterday. <laughs> Pastor Sheila and I were running a little bit late to the airport because we didn't have any bags to check. So I thought, hey, we don't need to rush, baby. We don't need bags to check. We'll just get there. We'll have about 15 minutes. We'll walk on the plane. We'll go. Well, we get there, and I won't go through all the details, but I was trying to return the rental car, and we didn't have the rental car, car agreement, so there was a long line. So I said, hey, do you guys need anything more than just my keys, or you need the rental agreement? I'll get whatever you need. They go, no, just drop the keys in the box. I go, okay, that's great. So Pastor Sheila's already in the security line. I go to the security line. They're looking at us. We're the only two in the line. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> we finally get through that part of the line. We go in the next line. People telling us what to do. Make sure there's no electronics in your bag. I'm just shouting commands, shouting commands. It's not saying commands, shouting commands. Make sure you empty everything out. If you have any liquids, blah, 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 blah. obey. So, Pastor Sheila turns to me and says, I'm gonna make sure everything's out of my bag and then they won't have to check my bag. And I'm telling you, she un we only had carry-on. She unloaded just about everything, her almonds, her vegetation protein powder, her, what else did you unload? Vitamins, anything that could, they take her bag through the deal said, now we're only, only two in. This is your bag. <laughs> she goes, yeah, she goes, she turns to me, she goes, always pull my bag. I thought if I pulled everything out, because the lady before was saying, oh, you don't have to pull all that. She goes, no, I do. I got to pull it out because y'all always check my bag. There wasn't nothing hardly in her bag. They said, is this your bag? She goes, yes. So it always frustrates her little preciousness too, but not as much as it frustrates me. So they open her bag. They pull out her Bible that was in a plastic cover. I go, I told you you shouldn't have brought that Bible. So I told her, I, go, I told you you shouldn't have brought that Bible. She was so frustrated, she didn't even laugh. Is this your bag, sir? Yes, it's my, it's my bag. It's, it's my son's fault, actually. He got me this Oakley bag. It's called the kitchen sink. I carry everything in it. You got anything sharp in there? Blah, 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 blah. So we go through this process. Now, remember, we're running late for our plane, and we're the only two. They go through all my bag, and as they're opening and checking my bag, oh, this is a great book. I love this book. Do you like this? I love that. That's why I bought the book. That's why I have the book in my bag, because I like the book. I, they're having a convert. They want to converse with me. Like, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah. Hey, isn't this cord, this new cord for the iPhone? I see this. You got the, like, this is the Mophie cord. It's not just the iPhone. Yeah, it's a, it's a Mophie. That's what, it, that's what it is. So we're talking about every item. I'm not exaggerating. So I'm just like, yes. <laughs> we get through. We're the last two on the plane. I'm the last one on the plane. They've got the, I said, Mr. Kraft, we've been waiting on you, waiting for the door to take off. I get on the plane. You know, everybody on the planes loves the last person. 
So anyway, I come on the plane, I sit down. Well, I put my earbuds in my ears. So I'm just kind of trying to chill out. I can feel my heart beating. I, go, I turn to Sheila, I go, well, we barely made sure. Yes, you, you, need, you need to not make it late like this. You know, okay, yes, obedience. <laughs> Flight attendant comes up, we're in the exit row. She takes her card, she goes, you need to take those things out of your ears. I go, oh, I can hear you. I actually, I don't have, nothing's playing right now. She goes, you need to take those things out of your ears right now. I pull them out, I said, well, I told you I could hear you. She goes, I don't need your sarcasm. So little Pastor Keith, I don't need your sarcasm either. Now I'm the problem on the plane. I am that passenger. <laughs> Little Pastor Press is just sitting there like she always does, like this. <laughs> so we get through that. The plane takes off. She reaches over, grabs her arm. She goes, now, now, I want you to be sweet. I want you to be kind. You came across too intense. She was just trying to do her job. I said, baby, listen, here's the way I'm wired. Like, if you come at me, like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not the kind of guy, like, if you come at me, I'm going to go, oh, I, okay. Like, if you come at me, I don't care if you're a male, female, it's own. Okay, y'all just need to know that. I'm a pastor, but I got a nature. So, like, if a woman, like, she, you, uh, oh, okay, okay. Anyway, so. So, she goes, honey, you remember what happened yesterday? Yes. You don't want that to happen again, do you? I said, no. She goes, and it always happens. I said, yeah, it does. She goes, I just, you're a pastor. People know you. You don't know on this plane who knows you, and you're coming across too strong. I go, Thank you for correcting me and helping me be better, baby. I, this is my life. This is my test. This is my lifetime test. And by the way, what's the test? Listen to me. My obedience. So I'm taking some time because I want you to see yourself too. I don't think I have obedience issues, but I do. <laughs> you see, I can obey if people are nice. I can obey if people aren't stupid. I can obey. <laughs> Y'all with me? Like, like, like I can obey if it's easy to obey, but here's my question. When is it ever easy to obey? So has obedience got to be on your terms? I'm just giving you my <laughs> issue. So, so we fly. Well, let's rewind to the time before we flew. So we got upgraded to first class. I've never bought a first class ticket, ever. I don't say you shouldn't do it. I just never have. I just think I can get an exit row and whatever. So I'll, all these years, never paid for a first class ticket. So I get upgraded because of my mileage and stuff. 
And so we got upgraded to first class. And so we were on a smaller plane. There's only three rows in first class. So we sat on the second row, put our luggage in the luggage uh, hamper. And, uh, and so, <laughs> so all of a sudden, this is, the, this is the time before I flew. Not this last time. I just told you all that. The time before I flew, this is what happened. So this, the stewardess says, whose luggage is this? Now, there's nobody in the front row. There's a couple behind us. We're in the second of three rows of first class. I said, that'd be our luggage. She goes, it needs to be moved. Now, here's what you need to understand. There's three rows, but only two bins. So I go, well, where would you like us to move it? Because see, we're, we're in the second row. So if I move it behind me, then I have to get up and turn around and reach for my luggage. I just thought I could put it up in front of me. She goes, you need to move the luggage. <laughs> we moved the luggage, but I had an attitude about it. Just being honest with you. I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me, nor am I asking you to judge me. I'm just telling you, this is real life stuff that I deal with every day that I fly because I could tell you hundreds of stories. <laughs> I'm known at American Airlines. <laughs> so, little Precious is sitting there. You need to be sweet. You, you came across too intense. She's just trying to do her job. I said, baby, it's ridiculous. Listen, it doesn't matter if it's in the front one or the second one. She goes, yes, it does. Because the people in the front row, they don't have uh, luggage space underneath their seat. So they're going to have to have that space for them. So I go, okay. Thank you for correcting me. Help me be better again for the 150,000th millionth time. I just want you to be sweet because you're a pastor and People might know you. We live it off at about 35,000 feet. Would y'all like something to drink? I'll just take water, no ice, a lemon if you have it. Hey, can I ask you a question? Okay, yeah. Are you Pastor Keith? <laughs> do, you, do you pastor at Elevate Life Church? I have family in that church and I've even been there myself. I love your church. <laughs> I got my water. <laughs> Pastor Sheila goes. This is my life, ladies and gentlemen. This is my life. What's my point? I'll never find the greatness that God has in me. Listen, and neither will you if the worst that's in people brings out the worst in me. I get to search for my greatness when I choose to obey. And guess what, y'all? I am a pretty freaking good Christian. I was an obedient child. I was in my family, the obedient child. And here I am at 58, and it's just troubling to me. This, it, it's nonstop. If you go flying, you know what I'm talking about. Do this, empty this out, take this out. Is this your bag? Hey, you shouldn't have that. Oh, throw that away. Okay, here's what, think about it. Spread them. This is what happened recently. I mean, I go, th I thought I'm unscathed. It's good. I'm, I get through, they go, there's something in this area. 
and also in your glutus maximus. And we're gonna have to feel you there. Are you okay with that, sir? And I said, look, I've got buns of steel. That's the thing, it's just hard. So anyway. If you need a more spiritual pastor, I can give you some recommendations, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. And the good news is God forgives. And the good news is I listen to my wife and I allow her to correct me. And thank you for correcting me and helping me be better. Here's my point. You may not even think you have an obedience issue because in a thousand years, I wouldn't unless I got real with myself. So. If you're going to find your treasure, you've got to be in search for God. You've got to be in search for the greatness in yourself. You've got to allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. It's in your notes. Be led by the Spirit. Whatever you're full of is what you're going to be led by. And if you're full of anger, you're going to be led by your anger. If you're full of hate, you're going to be led by your hate. If you're full of prejudice, you're going to be led by your prejudice. If you're full of a poor mentality, you're going to be led by your poor mentality. If you're full of hurt, you're going to be led by your hurt. Be led by the Spirit. What happens, Galatians 5 says, when we live God's way? I'm going to ask for the team to go ahead and come out here because we're going to get into God's presence for a few minutes. What happens when we live this way, Galatians 5 says, they've got it on the screen. He brings gifts into our lives. Come on, y'all. He brings gifts into our lives. God's going to open good treasure over you in November and December in the name of Jesus. What happens when we live this way? He brings gifts in our lives much the same way fruit appears in an orchard. Things like affection for others, exuberance about life, serenity. We develop a willingness, a willingness to stick to things, a sense of compassion and heart, a conviction that the basic holiness permeates things and people. We find ourselves involved in loyal commitments, not needing to force our way in life, able to marshal and direct our energies wisely. He goes, since you have chosen this life, the life of the Spirit, let us make sure that we do not just hold to an idea in our heads. Yeah, I'm a good person. Listen, I'm a pastor. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm 58. I'm a grown man. I'm, you know, I don't have to obey you. You don't obey people because they make more than you. You don't obey people because they're in the White House. You don't obey people because they're a policeman. You obey people because God wants you to be an obedient person so he can open his good treasure over your life. And you honor authority because you're honorable, not because they're not stupid. So here's what people focus on that gives them the liberty, watch this, to be idiots themselves. They look at how somebody is. They say, I'm not going to submit to that. I'm not going to obey that. They shouldn't have treated me that way. And we mess up, not based on what they did, but based on our response or reaction to what they did. And we're not being led by the Spirit. Watch this. And we're not being led by our greatness. We're being led by our worseness. Who brings the worst out in you? You do. You know why? The person you're closest to will bring out the best in you or the worst in you because nobody knows you like they do and nobody loves you like they do. So they are your greatness partner. You get a chance to, begin to get great by the person that you're with or you get the chance for both of you to, to demonstrate the worst part of you and say, you know what? I can't live with you. And, I, and I'm out of here and I'm divorcing you. This ain't working. And so you miss the chance to discover your greatness because both of you got focused on the worstness that was in both of you. No condemnation, it's just the way it is. And that's what ends friendships and relationships. 
People get focused on the worst. They get focused on what it's not rather than what it is. If you're going to find your treasure, everybody say this with me. If you want to find it, say, I want to find mine. If you're going to find it, if God's going to open his good treasure that has your name on it, just your name, for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your business, then there's a responsibility that you have to search for the greatness in you. But watch this next thing, search for the greatness in others. How can I, how can I see the greatness in others if, if I'm allowing the worst that's in people to, to bring the worst out of me? All of a sudden that life becomes about me and how you made me feel. So if I'm gonna get my treasure, I gotta search for God's greatness, search for my greatness, because treasure, treasure, it's gotta be found, it's gotta be discovered. But not just that, but if you wanna find your treasure, you've gotta search for the greatness of God, search for the greatness on the inside of you by obeying and being led by the Spirit of God so He can bring the greatness out of you and he can, you can develop and discover and deploy your greatness to others and then you're gonna find all the great things that God has for you. I wanna give you some of the best news that you could ever hear in this, tell me something good. God has great things just for you with your name on it. And you can die never receiving it. Or you can say everything that God has that's good for me. And by the way, where does it start? He wants to, to bestow grace, favor, and honor. Everybody say, I receive that. Come on, that's where it starts. That's where it starts. One of my favorite books early on in one of the books that Josh read by the time he was six was a book by Napoleon Hill called Think and Grow Rich. I wanted Josh to think rich. Not rich in terms of money, but just think rich. Just think with a rich mentality. Think with a generous mentality. When he gets up here and talks to you about generosity, you need to understand, not just as a pastor in this church, but as a business person, he's one of the top givers in our church. He's not just your pastor. So when he's talking to you about generosity, he's living it and he's experiencing it, the benefits of it. But out of this book comes this story. One of the most common causes of failure is the habit of quitting when one is overtaken by temporary defeat. Every person is guilty of this mistake one time or the other. You see, I, I, in that, in that, on that airplane, I quit my greatness when I went to battle with her. I quit and I let her bring out the worst in me. And it's not her fault. Everybody getting me? I quit my greatness. An uncle of R.U. Darby was caught by gold fever in the gold rush days and went west to dig and grow rich. You have to dig to grow rich. You have to search to find. He had never heard that more gold had been mined from the brains of men than has ever been taken from earth. He staked a claim and went to work with a pick and a shovel. The going was hard, but his desire for gold was strong. After weeks of labor, he was rewarded with the discovery of the shining ore. He needed machinery to bring the ore to the surface. Quietly, he covered up the mine he retraced his footsteps to his home in Williamsburg, Maryland. He told his relatives and a few neighbors about the strike. They got together the money that was needed for the machinery and they had it shipped to Colorado. The uncle and Darby went back to work in the mine. 
The first car of ore was mined and shipped to a smelter. The returns proved to be one of the richest mines in Colorado history. A few more cars of that ore would clear their depths. Then would come the big profits. Down went the drills, up went the hopes. Then something happened. The vein of gold disappeared. They had come to the end of the rainbow and the pot of gold was no longer there. They drilled and drilled and drilled. They desperately tried to pick up the vein again, but it was to no avail. So they decided to quit. I'm quitting this marriage. I'm quitting this job. I'm quitting this relationship. They sold the machinery to a junk man for a few hundred dollars and they took a train back home. The junk man called a mining engineer. He came and looked at the mine and did some calculating. And within a few days, the engineer advised that the project had failed because the owners were not familiar with fault lines. Let me stop right here before I go on in this story. There are fault lines in this church. Listen to me now. And if you get focused on what's wrong with this church, you're gonna go hunting somewhere else. There are fault lines in your marriage. And if you get focused on the fault lines, you're gonna go somewhere else. There's fault lines in me. And you can hear that story and go, Matt, pastor shouldn't act like that. Neither should you. None of us should. Just because I'm a pastor doesn't make me more holy than you. In fact, I got more stuff to work out than most of y'all. Because in my nature, I'm just telling you, God's put me on this earth. He made me big to not take any from anybody. I'm just telling you, he made me this way. You know why? So I can defend people. He made me this way. All the way back in elementary school, when I would stand up for girls and stand up for people that were being made fun of and say, you know what? You're not going to do that anymore. He made me the way he's made me. He made me my size. He made my personality. Now I have to say, okay, God, I give you my bigness. I give you my bigness, this smallness, if it's not submitted to you. So God, teach me obedience. So he says, Keith, I'm going to put you in situations and you got to pass those test because I have so much gold for you in your future. I've got so much treasure for you. Quit being the same way. So I'm being as vulnerable as I can and laying myself out there to tell you, I've got faults. If you focus on it, we're not going to be friends. I want to be around people, Sean. I want to have people in my life that know everything about me and say, I still choose you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to be with you. Not going hunting for gold somewhere else. God's looking for that kind of people. The shofar is blowing in Israel because they're that kind of people to say, God's going to bless us. The engineer said that the vein that they lost and quit picked back up only three feet later. The devil's goal is to get you to stop your search for greatness. The greatness of God, the greatness that's in you, doing the hard work of obeying and being led by the Spirit, seeing the greatness in others, it's hard work. 
so that God can give you the great things that He has for you. I want to invite you to bow your heads just for a second. And then McKinney, do the same. And if you're here or you're there, and you say, Keith, my life is not right with God. Listen, I'm not here to condemn you or to tell you I'm better than you or anybody in this room is better than you. I'm here, we're on a journey. And the greatest treasure you can ever find is what my friend Regina in, in San Diego found in 2013 when she gave her life to Christ, had never been to church. And it doesn't matter where you've been, where you've come from, here's what God wants you to know. The greatest treasure is Him. And if you're here and you say, I don't have that kind of relationship with God, it's not enough to know about God. Listen, I am a, I am a pastor. I am a man of God. I've walked with God since I was a little boy, and I still struggle with this obedience thing. I still struggle with being led by the Spirit, so we're all on a journey. And some of us, our nature, we don't have the same kind of propensities or temptations as, as other people have, but we've all sinned. And we've all fallen short. So if you sit in this place, I'm not here to condemn you. Listen, I'm a fellow sinner. I sinned this week. I repented this week. I was disobedient this week. I had a bad attitude this week. And yet I'm standing on this stage to tell you, I'm not up here because I'm perfect. I'm up here because of what he's done, not because of what I've done. And if you're here and you say, that's what I need, that's what I want, there is no condemnation in Christ. Listen, let's get on this search for greatness together. And you say, I need to get some things in my life right between me and God. If that's you, on the count of three, I don't want you just to kind of raise your hand. I want you to shoot your hand up and say, that's what I want. I want the greatness of God. I want the greatness in me. I want to see the greatness in others. I want a great life. I want a great marriage. I want a great family. I want what God has for me. And if that's you and you say, I'm not on that track, but I want to get on that track, the greatness track. On three, slip up your hand. One, two, three. Come on, all over this place. All over this place. Just lift it up. Don't hold anything back. Just say, I want that. Yes, God. I want that. Yes, God. I want that. You can put your hands down. Now everybody look up here at me. Yes, yes, God, I want your good treasure. Come on, tell him that in your own way. Just say, yes, God, I want your good treasure over my life. Yes, I want that for my marriage. Yes, I want that for my family. Yes, I want that for my children. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. Make sure to get your copy of Pastor Keith Craft's book, Your Divine Fingerprint, and visit elevatelife.com for other exciting new content from Elevate Life Church. Thank you.